Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. We're still posting daily content over there. We only have three days left of shows in season, uh, but we are still going to be with you, helping you get through this last week on the podcast side and, of course, on the written side with our pickups of the day as well. Those are going to continue to come out for the next couple days. And then, like I mentioned yesterday, our guys are going to get a bit of a break to start the offseason, as are you. Uh, No baseball for the first little while anyway. Probably the month of October will take off, maybe part of November. And then we're going to get right back into content. We're going to still be here, of course, on this show. If you guys have been listening over the last couple of years, you know that we went all of last offseason, did not miss any days. Going to attempt to do that as well this offseason and continue uh, that streak. We're over 400 straight days of show, so I'm going to try and keep that going. We are going to be coming at you with the usual content that you have, but we're also going to put a little bit of a spin on it in certain cases. I'm going to project every single player by hand. I have committed to doing that at this point now. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be tough. There's probably going to be 750 or so players that I have to actually project. I'm going to project their 5 by 5 stats. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to go into slugging and OPS and war and WRC+. But I am going to project the standard five categories for hitters, the standard five categories for pitchers. That will be a big part of what we do in the offseason. We'll also look back on 2023 as a whole. We'll go position by position, team by team, and then we'll kind of flip that on its head and then start looking ahead to 2024, also kind of going position uh, by position and team by team. It's still it's going to be a long offseason, but we're going to be here, uh, and I hope you guys are along for the ride. I've seen a couple of new reviews have come in through Apple. I really appreciate all you guys doing that, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, however you listen to these podcasts. There are a ton of different places uh, that allow you to listen to the show. If you haven't reviewed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you could. Uh, it just takes a minute. It really helps us out here if you are one of the loyal people listening. At the end of September, uh, you probably already have. If you're one of these people who are still tuned in, you guys are the diehards. But if not, I'd really appreciate you guys helping me out on that front. Now, today we are going to talk about some of the hot players to add over the course of this week and this weekend because there's only a couple of shows left now in season. There's today, there's tomorrow, and Friday. Tomorrow, we are going to look at pitchers. 
Friday, we're going to probably do a few different things, but we're going to look back, uh, start to look back on the season as a whole. And we're still going to finish you out and look at some of the weekend matchups, start looking at the playoffs. But today and tomorrow will be the big days of looking at players to add for the remaining couple of days, because there's really only a couple of days left at this point to make your moves. Let's start talking about some of my favorite guys to add, though. TJ Friedel. If you can find TJ Friedel out there on waiver wires, I'd really recommend it. He's homered in four straight games. Will that continue at that pace? Probably not, but it doesn't matter because the team as a whole has really been doing good things offensively. If you look at the runs scored over the last three games, two of them have gone into double, yeah, excuse me, have gone into double digits. We're looking at 37 runs scored over the last three games. They've been very hot. Friedel has been hot now for more than a month. He is a top 50 player for the last month. Seven homers, two steals. He's batting 305. And if you look at the season as a whole, TJ Friedel has been excellent. 18 homers, 26 stolen bases, and a 279 batting average. He's getting in there close to the top of the order in Cincinnati. Batting second pretty regularly. Every now and then they'll move him around. He'll bat fourth. He'll bat seventh. But generally speaking, he is the number two hitter in a very solid lineup that is about to face some pretty poor pitching. Gets Cleveland tomorrow. Cleveland um, scheduled starter. Let me just double check. Or excuse me, that's today. Um, where they will face Cleveland, and it is, who is it pitching for Cleveland tonight? Have they announced it? Yeah, sorry, yeah, they did. It's Shane Bieber. After tonight, he goes to St. Louis, where St. Louis is not exactly a team that I'm going to be worried about from a pitching perspective. They're awful. Their pitching has been absolutely atrocious. We've talked about their offense being very good. They've kind of tailed off in the last month or so, but still a pretty solid offense. The reason St. Louis was awful this year was because of their pitching. 24th in runs allowed, 29th in hits and batting average allowed, 24th in team ERA, 29th in strikeouts, and they are second in terms of giving up home runs. They give the second most home runs in all of Major League Baseball. So wouldn't shock me if TJ Friedel is able to jack another home run or two in this series. He's always a uh, stolen base threat and a counting stat threat as well at the top of a very solid order. Now he's 60% rostered. This time of year, there's not as much competition for players. There's A, people who are done, their seasons are over. And if you are still in a league where people are, you know, a league that's still going on, a roto league or a head-to-head league that goes till the end of the season, there's not as many people competing for these pickups. So even though he's 60% rostered, he's gone up 7% over the last week, there are still some of you who are going to be able to find TJ Friedel on your waiver wire, specifically in your 10-teamers. I think that he should be there. And I think that he is a viable asset in 10-teamers. He has been the whole season. He is the 121st-ranked player on the season. That's incredible for TJ Friedel. A lot of people, I'm not looking at ADP, but I don't think he was drafted in your standard 12-teamers. I really would be shocked if he was in most of them. 15-teamers, he was a lot of the time. But he was a free pickup in your 10s and 12-teamers, and he has returned about 10th-round value. That's Really, really remarkable stuff from T.J. Friedel, and I think he's going to be able to finish the season on a high note considering the matchup and considering how well he has looked recently. Another red that we'll mention, Christian Encarnacion Strand, he's also looked very good. He's homered in three straight and four of his last five. He's another guy where you can give the same kind of arguments. He's in the middle of the lineup as opposed to the top of the order. He batted fourth yesterday, fifth the day before. He's usually in the four or five spot. Sometimes he's a little bit lower. He batted seventh earlier in the week uh, against Minnesota when they were still in that series. But he's producing. He has, over the last month, eight home runs. He's batting 346. <coughs> Excuse me. If you look at what he's done as a whole, only 206 at-bats, 12 homers, 34 ribbies, and a 277 batting average. He's been very, very impressive. 
He's on a hot streak right now. He's a top 10 player over the last week and the last two weeks. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. <clears throat> top 10 player over the last two weeks. And if you look over the last month, he is a 35th ranked player. He is producing. He has one steal in that time, two steals on the season. Not to say that you're likely to get a stolen base out of him, but it wouldn't shock me if he steals one. Good chance he's able to hit another couple home runs before the season ends as well. And he's just producing. He's getting base hits, even if it's not the long ball variety. A lot of base hits have come from him. He is currently in a five-game hitting streak. There's just a lot to like with Christian Encarnacion Strand, and I think that matchup thing is very important too. St. Louis's pitchers are awful. If you can't exploit that, I would definitely uh, try and be doing that if you can. Now, this one's a little bit risky, and I'm not saying that he is a must-pickup. If you have a spot and Evan Carter is available, I think that he is interesting. Now, he has sat the last two games to start. Now, he did come into both of these games, <clears throat> but he has not uh, been playing against left-handed pitching. I think the other day it was against a right-handed pitcher, too. That one was more of a breather, from what I understand. And then yesterday he wasn't in the lineup because it was left-handed pitcher uh, Reed Detmers on the mound. I think that he is somebody that is likely to get into a few more games before the end of the season. And when he has been there, he's been excellent. 319 batting average, four home runs, and three steals in only 47 at-bats. This is more for a daily change kind of league. And I guess at this point, they're all, all these ads are for daily leagues. If you're in a weekly league, then your lineups are locked. If Evan Carter is somebody sitting out there and you can pick him up and it's not going to really impact what you have going on, you slot him in there when he's starting, and he has been producing. He's in a great lineup. It doesn't really matter that he has been batting ninth because the lineup just will flip over for your Seegers and your Semians of the world. It's not a really a big deal in that kind of lineup. And he has, like I said, been on a per-game basis one of the best players that there has been this season. He's the 25th player on a per-game basis if you look at everybody. That's even counting guys who have played just – you know, they threw one shutout inning, got sent back down. Well, their per-game numbers are going to look very good. They're going to be ranked very high up, and they probably shouldn't be on those kind of lists. You should probably exclude them. But for this purpose, I'm looking at everybody, the 25th player who has played a game this season in terms of per-game value. Pretty damn solid. I'm not saying you pick them up and you slot them in there and that's it. But if you have a spot on your bench, if you have pitchers who are not going to be going again this week, once your established guys go for their last start of the season, doesn't matter who they are, drop them. They're, they're, they're just wasting roster space. Let somebody else see you dropped, whoever it is, one of these studs who's not going to pitch again, and then let them make the mistake of picking them up. Use that spot on a guy like an Evan Carter. Even if he only plays two or three games, you have a daily change kind of league. That's what we're talking about here. Let's say somebody sits, you can slot in Evan Carter. And based on the trends, he has been really good. It wouldn't shock me to see uh, another home run, another steal, something like that. That's all you're really looking for at this point. One more home run, maybe two, a couple of steals, a couple of RBIs. I think Evan Carter is very capable of doing that in a very strong lineup. does not bother me at all that he is at the bottom of that order. This one's kind of interesting, and I don't know how I feel about it really, but Brandon Drury has been really, really hot as of late. Got three home runs over the last week. He did have a multi-home run game against Tampa, but there's been a lot of multi-hit games as well. September 19th, the 20th, 22nd, and 23rd, and yesterday the 26th, have all been multi-hit games recently, 14 for his last 48, 11 for his last 32. He's got triple eligibility, first, second, and third, so he, it's pretty easy to slot in there if you are just looking for somebody who is a bit of a hot bat. Brandon Jury, I kind of undersold him a little bit coming into the year. He has picked it up over the last month, which will kind of save the season as a whole. He hasn't been great, but that being said, 24 homers 
80 RBIs and a 260 batting average actually isn't that bad at all. He's catching fire at the right time, albeit in a terrible lineup, but he's pretty high up in that order, batting second or third. So there will be at-bats for him. He is producing, and they get to face Oakland this weekend. I don't need to tell you guys about Oakland and how bad they are. I might as well, just because we have time here. Oakland starting pitching has been absolutely abominable. You know, I said that St. Louis's was bad. Oakland doesn't rank higher than 25th in any of the standard pitching stats, and that would be strikeouts per nine, where they are 25th. They are 29th in runs allowed. They are 27th in batting average against. They're just awful. They're awful. Um, (laughs) There's nothing that they do well. Really, truly an awful, awful, awful pitching staff. If you can get Brandon Drury in there, then I think there's a decent chance that you're going to be able to get at least a couple more hits out of him, probably a decent chance of a home run. They're not playing in Oakland, so you don't have to worry about the park factor. That one will be in Los Angeles. I think that he's a decent pickup. He's not like my favorite guy to add right now, but another guy who is generally available, 65% rostered, who is producing. That's all you need for the next couple days just to try and catch a little bit of fire with a guy like Brandon Drury. And if you're able to get in and he's able to produce these next few days, then it could be a very good situation for you. Again, it's Brandon Drury. He's not the most consistent player, but again, you know, second straight, second straight season where we're looking at 24-plus home runs. It was 28 last year, 80-plus RBIs. Again, good batting average. I think you could do worse. Even though the lineup is not great, the pitching matchup is good, and I would definitely take a look at him if you are looking for somebody to add right now. The last guy that is really, truly interesting to me at this point is Jose Alvarado. There are a lot of people in a lot of leagues looking for saves, whether it's Roto or head-to-head. You Maybe your head-to-head league, you're down 3 nothing in saves already 4-1 or something. You need to try and catch up. Or in a Roto sense, you need to get three or four more saves to try and bump yourself up another point or two before the end of the season. Here's Jose Alvarado, who's getting the save opportunities um, for Philadelphia. Craig Kimbrell has not been great. Um, Craig Kimbrell looked like he was going to be an absolute godsend, and he was for a good part of the year. That being said, he has kind of tailed off uh, as the season has gone on. If you're looking at his last few appearances, he's allowed runs in each of his last two, but generally he just has not been sharp. And that's where Jose Alvarado comes in. He has been getting the saves. He gets gaudy strikeout numbers, 62 of them in the last 40 innings, an ERA at 179, 1.19 whip. If you need saves, I don't know that there's anybody who's better suited to get them for you than Jose Alvarado. The only thing that might come in your way a little bit here is that the Phillies have clinched now. So maybe we'll see some lineups over the last week that do not include the likes of Trey Turner and Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber, Castellanos and Stott and whoever else. That being said, it's very random. You can't look at it from that perspective and say, well, the team's not going to be feeling the greatest lineup on this day. Are they even going to get a chance for a win? It's baseball, right? The classic example I've used a bunch is Daniel Bard from last year. He was on a team that won 68 games. He had 34 saves. It's kind of the exception. It's not really the rule, but you will see random saves pop up here and there. If Alvarado was able to get three saves the rest of the way, it wouldn't shock me. If he gets none, it also wouldn't shock me, but you're putting yourself in a position where the skills are there and you know the talent is still generally there for the team. I'm not sure how heavy they are going to be resting, guys, but you should still get an opportunity for one or two saves with Jose Alvarado. I think that he makes a lot of sense to add, especially if you have like a Tanner Scott. Tanner Scott, his wife had her had their child or went into labor or something. Either way, he's on the paternity list. He's going to be gone for the next three or four days. You might not get another Tanner Scott save this year. Three or four days is pretty much the rest of the season at this point. 
wouldn't have any problem making that swap and getting a Jose Alvarado into your lineups. He has been excellent. He's somebody that's going to be kind of interesting next year. Again, we're going to talk about this with the Phillies bullpen. He should be the guy. Uh, there's no reason in my mind. I thought he should have been the guy this year full-time. He did miss some time with injury. Okay. Next year, he should be the guy full-time in the ninth inning role in that bullpen, as far as I see it. But that will do it. Those are the guys that I am looking to add at this point of the season. There are more. There are definitely random guys that you can find here and there, good matchups. they got good batter versus pitcher stats or whatever it is. There are certain players, depending on your format, that are going to be valuable that I didn't mention. It really depends on your league. I'm mentioning guys who are generally available. Sometimes they might skew a little higher in roster percentage, but this time of year, there's really it's hard to look at that as that meaningful. If you see a guy's 100% rostered, obviously he's not going to be available. But 65 70%, eh, you might still find those guys on waiver wire simply because there's not as many people competing for these free agents at this point, so those numbers are not going to go shooting up as high as they once would have. But take a look, see where you can improve your team. Look at matchups. See who's facing these bad pitchers this weekend. Oakland and St. Louis and whoever else, you know, Colorado, these bad pitchers, these bad teams. Target those matchups, and that is how you're going to give yourself a little bit of an edge here over the last couple of days. Today's Wednesday, so there's Wednesday, there's Thursday, there's Friday, there's Saturday, and there is Sunday. There is only five days left. If you have pitchers who are going today, it's the last note I'll give you guys today. If you have pitchers who are going today, Unless they are going to start on short rest on Sunday, if their team is really desperate, the only name that I've heard in that regard is maybe Braxton Garrett because their game got pushed back. Other than that, if you have pitchers who are going tonight after their start, you can drop them. I don't care who they are. Garrett Cole is starting tonight. After tonight, as long as Garrett Cole is not on do not cut lists, you can get him off of your team. The same goes for Tyler Glass now. The same goes for Grayson Rodriguez. The same goes for Tariq Skubal. Uh, these guys are not going to get another start, you know, especially if you look at a guy like Tariq Skubal. There's no reason at all for them to give him another start. Uh, five days left. No one's pushing these guys on short rest for no reason. The reason I said maybe Braxton Garrett is because the Marlins are still competing for that last playoff spot, but in all likelihood they'll be mathematically eliminated in the next couple days, and that won't happen. Guys that are pitching today – Get them off your roster. I know it'll feel weird to be dropping these guys like your Garrett Coles and your Graysons and whoever else, but they're not going to pitch again. They're literally useless to you for the rest of the season. Use those spots to pick up players as opposed to trying to figure out which other bat you want to drop in your lineup. Pitchers become a really good drop this time of year. Just something to keep in mind, but that'll do it for me. Check me out. I'm over on Twitter at JoeOrico99. At EthosFantasyBB is where we get all of the other content out there on Twitter. If you are not somebody who uses Twitter, sportsethos.com is the place. That will do it for us, guys. Tomorrow we'll look at rest-of-season pitching streamers. Of course, it'll be kind of interesting because, like I said, some teams will clinch, some teams will be eliminated, they'll switch up, they'll go to a bullpen, they'll use another guy that we weren't expecting. But we'll look at a streaming plan tomorrow. That will be tomorrow's show, guys. Until then, take care. Have a great night. Cheers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.